insights, unpredictable conversations, encouragement for your day. It's the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. I'll say... 888-914-9149. That number is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Um, let's get to Mary in New Jersey. Hi, Mary. Hi, Patrick. I'm from Sanctuary State, New Jersey. <laughs> I am deeply concerned I'm so about sorry. the military. <laughs> <laughs> I am deeply concerned about the military-aged men uh, in the United States. They would be required under the law to file for selective service the same as our American males are when they turn 18. And I'm wondering, I mean, it's pretty evident to me which side they would be on in this in this issue, and it would not be with the state militias who are trying to keep them out. And uh, yeah. just seeing this half play out, uh, you uh, so eloquently explained the issue to us all. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I'm looking at this with a, a mixture of disbelief and, and horror, like watching a when you can see a, a car accident about to happen and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, it well, I can't quite believe that we're at this point where, you know, the, the state of Texas now is going head to head with the federal government on this issue. It's crazy. When does the United States constitution kick in for me, whose family has been here and also fought in the United States civil war. And mm -hmm. I'm paying for the food, clothing, shelter of people who are here illegally I'm being told that the border is secure when I can see it's not secure. Mm -hmm. When do my rights kick in to say enough? It depends on who you ask or whom you ask. If you ask President Biden, I'm guessing he's going to say, sit down and shut up. You know, if you ask what Governor, saying is the border if you is ask secure. Governor Abbott, he's going to say, you know what, Mary, we're working to keep you safe into, of course, you're not in Texas, but you know what I mean? Depends on who you ask. Because of the politics yeah. behind it. Well, what's the purpose then of a National Guard if it's not to protect your state from an invasion? I understand the point you're making. I mean, the National Guard has certain prescribed duties and it's under the command of the governor of the state. So it has its uses and its purposes and defending the border is one of them. But really, it's the federal government that should be doing that. And if they won't, somebody has to. Somebody has to keep law and order and, and protect yeah. people. I mean, it's, it's so self-evidently true. And, and all of the people who would disagree, I'm quite certain, have locks on their windows and doors at home. And when they go to bed at night, they lock their doors. They might even turn on a security system. The reason is because they don't want unwanted people coming into their home without their permission. They don't want that. The, you know, the politicians and, and all the others who are constantly railing about how people are allegedly racist because they don't want immigrants trampling through their backyards and killing their animals and putting people's lives at risk. They call them racist for just wanting to live in peace. But those people, they put locks on their windows and doors and they don't allow anybody to just come into their homes. It's common sense. And I know you know this, Mary. I know we're on the same page here, but it's it's maddening to see this happening and i've i must say i've become quite um absorbed into this story in the last few days because i haven't seen anything escalate to this level before and i just wonder where it's all going to go and i hope it doesn't go down the path of violence god forbid 
You know what I mean? Well, I appreciate I appreciate you bringing this out out how ominous this is, especially to Catholics. You know, on so many of us think the answer is well, you just pray and you continue to buy on Amazon and watch some um, Netflix and everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But it, it, with any, if you have anyone who's serving in the military or the National Guard right now, although remember, I, I am in Western Cal, Eastern California, also known as New Jersey, <laughs> we yeah. probably won't be sending any troops there. We no. have sent them, however, to the Middle East. So they're obviously not interested in protecting the borders of the United States, but they will protect what they believe are international borders by sending our National Guard Mm-hmm. I hear all the time, to your point, Mary, I hear all the time people noting that so many people, especially those on the left, are super, super anxious to protect the borders of Ukraine, but they couldn't care less about the borders of Texas and Arizona and California. Why should we, you know, I would ask them this question, why should we be so concerned about the borders of Ukraine and not concerned about our own borders? Where's the logic in that? I think there can be a both and here, but certainly the priority I would give would be to our borders here. I, I totally agree with that. I believe that that's what my faith wants from me. I believe that, you know, God has taught me to protect my family, my family first, family, you know, after, of course, God, mm-hmm. um, you know, comes my after my faith, you know, is my family. And um, my natural instinct is to protect my family and how that has been lost, that people, uh, again, have they zoned out? They're just not available for this issue? I don't think they've zoned out. And and you're asking reasonable questions because you'd think that, well, they're normal people. Of course, something has to be going on that they wouldn't get up in arms about this. I don't think it's that, really. I think this is a political calculation. And in my own way of trying to describe it, I've been putting it this way, that if this massive influx of uncontrolled, undocumented immigration coming to this country now into the millions of people, if those people routinely and overwhelmingly voted Republican, Joe Biden and the Democrats would, they would build the wall a mile high and a mile deep, and they would make sure nobody could come in. It's a political calculation and, you know, in, in a crass sort of way, one could look at this as it's a fresh influx of people who are going to vote in elections, probably illegally. And, there, you know, it, it helps retain power. It's a way to retain the power that you've amassed. That's certainly what it looks like to me. I can't come up with an alternative explanation. No, and I, I haven't I, heard I totally agree a plausible alternative I explanation. I, I agree with that as well. And I think also... The emasculation of United States males plays into this. Boys can't climb trees anymore. Um, they're being taught here in New Jersey about, um, you know, sexual act in fifth grade that would be performed on another boy. Um, you know, Let's the Bar- Barbie movie. That. I know. Oh, Mary, I know. But you know what? Hope and encouragement. That to me is the the way that we should approach these topics. Prayerfully, yes, with hope and encouragement. And for one thing, we've got the voice of relevant radio 24-7 all around the country, all throughout the great state of Texas, thankfully, and in New Jersey too, and in California, where it's most needed. So I'm grateful that 
that not everybody is asleep at the wheel. I'm, I'm grateful that there are people just like yourself who are people of goodwill. You want to help other people. You want to help immigrants, but you also want to have common sense and order and a lack of danger and things like that. So, Mary, I'm with you, and I'm glad you called in today. Thank you for that. Yeah, Cyrus, we were talking earlier about the, like, Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis and all these other left-wing cities where they they got on the bandwagon to defund the police in the wake of the George Floyd killing. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, 2021. What, man, what a weird time yeah. that was. Uh, so yeah. mayor, the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, uh, he, he was, he wanted to defund the police and, but at the same time, the hypocrisy here is, is so blatant. He was, he had 24 hour armed security yeah. that was surrounding him. Paid for all. a taxpayer expense. That's right. So yeah. no one else gets protection, but I get protection. We don't want people with guns around here. Uh, but I want to hire a security detail with guns to protect my house. That's it. Yeah. 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 That's how it happened. And and I'm seeing reports like, uh, I I wish I could find out exactly who this was, uh, but there's been suggestions that homeowners open up their homes to the illegal immigrants. Who's proposing that? That's I need to find that out because I, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, you go through the 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 Twitter the Twitter scroll and the rabbit hole and. Yep. And I, I need to mark these things so I can find them easier. There's so much information coming at us all the time. And I know what you mean. Just to try to keep keep these things on tab for future use. There's so much of it. But yeah, that's an example of the hypocrisy. You know, those are rules for you, but not for me. And we're going to defund the, defund the police because it was politically expedient. It was popular. You notice that nobody's saying that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a failed, uh, that failed. I remember the day that Nancy and I drove into downtown Columbus after the Black Lives Matter riot had happened there the night before, completely choreographed and staged and scheduled and uh, even people reporting on pallets of bricks being dropped off in, mm-hmm. in different parts of the city. Um, we, we saw it and, and it was just it was like being in a Twilight Zone episode where the city was, there were buildings that had been on fire, they were smoking windows bashed in, lots of graffiti, lots of destruction at street level. It came, it went, and you don't hear a peep about it anymore. It was, it seemed to be a kind of uh, psychodrama, live action role-playing that swept the country for those terrible months. And then it just went away and everybody's forgotten. It's like, ah, it never really happened. Yeah, it's it's like a weird collective amnesia. Like what, why, mm-hmm. how, how have we forgotten this? And there, I know there's someone's in their car right now going, I didn't forget, but most of us have, mm-hmm. it's, it's like it never happened. Just like you said. For many people, that's true. Um, so, you know, not that we want to dwell endlessly on negative things, but it is worthwhile from time to time, at least to dust them off and remind ourselves of things like that, that are not that far in the, in the past, but yet many people no longer seem to think about them. So the issue on the border, we don't have to talk endlessly about this, but it is a big story if you ask me. It will affect, certainly it will affect the people there in Texas, in Arizona, and California, much more so than maybe it's been affecting them already. It has political overtones. There's an election coming. 
Uh, so many variables are in play right now. And I've never even heard of anything like this before, where multiple states are rallying to the cause, uh, in this case, the state of Texas, against the federal government. Basically saying if the federal government won't defend the border and if the federal government, which as it has been doing recently, proactively trying to thwart the government of Texas to secure its own border and protect its people. You've got governors of other states now that are rallying to the support of Texas and it has this eerie redolence of the Civil War. And no, I'm not trying to over-dramatize this and I hope it doesn't go anywhere near that. But I can't help but feeling like this is kind of like that. One state after another lining up with Texas where does it end and how does it conclude? Will there be some kind of legal decision that will ultimately end this thing? Will it go more than that? I pray that it doesn't. But right now, I'd say anything's possible. Maggie must be listening. She just sent me uh, a, a link here to News Nation. Mm-hmm. Chicago suburb councilman suggests residents sign up to house migrants. So mm-hmm. you own a house, you can uh, you can sign up to house migrants. Nearly 35,000 migrants have arrived in Chicago since August 21, 2022. Uh, Buses began unloading migrants at Chicagoland metro stations and suburbs. Hmm. And McBroom suggests a sign-up list for residents to take in a migrant family. So when are you um, going to sign up? Well, I'll have to think about that. I wonder if the councilman has signed up for that. (laughs) That's a really good question. Yeah. And I have a I, I'm 99.9% sure I know the answer. I wonder if Governor Pritzker will get involved in that, you know, or some of the other high and mighty. I mean, maybe they'll lead by example. You know, what the, That's what we should see, is if they'll lead by example, that would encourage other people to follow suit, right? I guess what these migrants could do, they could, uh, they could just squat in empty buildings or houses because if they're there for a couple of weeks, then they would have the rights and the owners wouldn't be able to shut off power or water. And those people can stay there as long as they want. You know, there is some truth to that. And we must, of course, underscore the fact that as followers of Jesus, we are called to welcome the stranger. We are called to be kind to people who are immigrating to this country. We should do what we can to help them, no doubt about it. And I don't want that to be left unsaid or for anyone to get the wrong idea. Uh, This is not an anti-immigrant issue. This is, you know, how do we act in a merciful and kind way, but at the same time in a sensible and just way for the protection of the people who are already here? How do we go about helping other people in a way that will help everybody concerned and not put other people like U.S. citizens at a disadvantage? So to your point, Cyrus, you know, these these, uh, grandiose uh, suggestions, I would like to see the politicians who are promoting these ideas do it first to see if they really mean it. I, I'm so glad you said that. You're absolutely right. But when I'm looking at the the images of, of people coming over the border, I'm not seeing any women and children anymore. I, I no. did a couple years ago. Uh, but those images are, are far and few between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing military-aged men, and I have no idea where they're going. Uh, but if you're on the left, I have, I have family that is very, very left, as, as left as it gets. Mm-hmm. And the images they get are... Uh, the the mom and the the baby drowned in a river because they couldn't get over to they couldn't get across the barbed wire that was you know tearing up their skin and and they mm. you see like a shoe floating down a river so that's the story 
the far left is is being fed. But yeah. it, it seems like a false narrative or maybe very specific, uh, just isolated uh, moments. If, if I mean, God forbid, ho- mm-hmm. ho- hopefully, they're, I guess hopefully they're staged. I hope it's not happening. Uh, I, I just I've seen know. some evidence of that. So I remember during the, and I'm trying to recall now if it was during the riots in the aftermath of George Floyd, George Floyd, George Floyd's killing. I think it might have been that. It might have been shortly after that. But I saw a video, and could it be deep fake? Could it be AI? I don't think so. But it was a CNN camera crew that was staging. Um, some sort of crisis with people on the street, telling them where to stand, telling them how to turn. And somebody's filming all this, and I guess the CNN crew didn't realize that. So when they actually aired that segment, you would get a totally different impression. You'd think that it was completely extemporaneous, but in fact it had been choreographed and staged so that it would look a certain way. Do you remember uh, when uh, Representative uh, Ocasio-Cortez Oh, and her AOC. white suit. Yeah, her white suit. She's she's down on the ground. She's she's crying because of the injustice. Of the border fence. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, similar thing happened there. You may you may have heard about this. That she was. It was a photo op, and she was expressing or, or feigning terrible anguish. She was crying. She had her hand on her head. She was sort of slumping over in agony. And, she was beside herself. She was, and it was a photo op. And how do we know that? Because the wider pictures showed there was nobody on the other side of that fence. Just maybe some of her own press people over there. And the fence ended a few feet further to her left. It wasn't like a border fence. It was just a fence. But it was staged to make it look as though she was in deep anguish over the plight of the people on the other side of the fence. That's what I'm talking, and that's what you're talking about too. It's uh, it's unreal. And why why don't those stories get shared so we we're we are all bombarded with the the images of her crying or um you know the 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 kid being the the first story that you had shared of yeah. the of, you know the kid that Kate had Steinle? right yes uh but the, they, you, for those who didn't hear it Cyrus is referring to a I think she was 32 years old a young woman out for a walk in San Francisco one beautiful day with her dad and there was uh, an illegal immigrant from Latin America who had stolen a firearm and he's just wandering around and he decides to shoot her randomly out of the group and killed her. And the reason he was there and the reason that he was allowed to, to roam wild and do the things he was doing is because San Francisco claimed that, and still does, as, I, as far as I understand it, claims to be a sanctuary city where it doesn't matter what the federal government's laws are or what the ICE policies are or what should happen, especially with regard to potentially dangerous people, the you know the so-called powers that be in San Francisco said, we're not going to observe those laws. Those laws don't apply to us. Right. And, and here's an example of what happened. And the, those initial stories are, are were false. Like with that story, uh, it, it, they said uh, he found the gun in a paper bag under his chair and under his bench that he was sitting on. And he, actually he stole just, it. He just f- fired it, and it, it was an accident. Yeah. Um, so you don't. That was the initial. That was the initial story. But sense. that's all that runs is the initial story. Mm-hmm. It's th- when the truth comes out that uh, things have been fabricated or even set up, like it's not real at all. That doesn't get shared, mm-hmm. or at, at least it doesn't get shared at, to the same extent 
that that initial headline that furthers a particular agenda is shared. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, so much, so many things to talk about. And Texas is one of those things. We don't have to spend endless time on this, but it is a story. That's why I wanted to bring it to your attention. Here's the number to call, 888-914-9149, sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Um, I'm happy to talk about whatever's on your mind. 888-914-9149. Be right back. This hour is sponsored by Christendom College. Send your child to Christendom College's high school summer program, The Best Week Ever. Use promo code RELEVANTRADIO and get 50% off. Spots fill up very quickly, so apply today at thebestweekever.com. That's thebestweekever.com. Welcome back to the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. Have a question? Give Patrick a call. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Patrick Madrid on Relevant Radio. A very appropriate song, if you ask me, Cyrus. 888-914-9149. Let's go to Alex in Austin. Good morning, Alex. What do you think about all this insanity going on with Texas and what's leading up to Texas doing what it's doing. Good morning, Patrick. Um, well, I don't have social media, nor do I watch the news, so I'm not really privy to it, but I do listen to your show, uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of catching on. Uh, but I'd like to make some comments uh, from a personal standpoint. Uh, I want to start by saying I agree that there should be a wall put up uh, to, to stop the, the flow and influx of immigrants who are unvetted. And I, I also believe that the state benefits for women and mothers and children should be only given to United States citizens and federal benefits such as the non-refundable child tax credit and refundable additional child tax credit and the earned income tax credit should be relegated to United States citizens. So with that said, um, I was born in Mexico, and I, my mother brought me here uh, when I was about two or three years old. I am now a United States citizen. I have been since I, since I was about six years old. Um, and I work for a, a company where we hire laborers uh, that are immigrants. And so I see it firsthand. I've lived it firsthand. And I think the biggest thing that happens when immigrants uh, cross here are the mothers are looking for these benefits their children such as state benefits uh that in the form of money uh, like food i have a question for you alex i have a question for you when you see the the migrant workers being hired for typically day jobs and things are they predominantly hispanic whether from mexico or el salvador or wherever they're from or are you seeing uh groups of chinese men arab men Iranians, um, Russians, Africans. I mean, yeah. are, what, what kind of variety are you seeing in the groups of men that are standing there waiting to get hired for the day? South American, for sure. Uh, Mexican, uh, Salvadorian, Colombian, Cuban. How many they, Chinese? They how many own. Africans? No, how many you Russians? You don't see no, that. You don't see that. No. Now, yeah, isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting, yeah, though, that there's a... a, a significant number 
of young men who are coming in over the borders from those places. We know that. We have video. It's seen on a regular, daily basis. It leads me to wonder, and I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, where are they going? Are they picking up jobs in restaurants and factories and things? Are they discernibly present in society anywhere, or are they just sort of uh, disappearing? What's going on? What are you saying? I would say I, I would say that uh, these these uh, militant age workers, like uh, what I heard you call them. Uh, well, the, the, what's in vogue nowadays? Sorry to interrupt. It's a it's a trendy thing to say, so I'm saying it for that reason. Is young men of military age? That's typically how people will refer to them. So we'll just use it for convenience. So go ahead. I'm sorry okay. to interrupt you. No, that's a term that's new to me. Uh, just what I've seen in my personal experience here in Austin, and I'm I'm from Corpus Christi, Texas, which is a little closer to the border, um, is immigrants come over and they're just looking for work, just cheap labor so they can send money back to their families. And then they'll start a new family here and live off these benefits, such as mm -hmm. SNAP, WIC, child tax credit, or income sure. credit. You go into Walmart and there's a whole section in the customer service department with big signs on how to send money to Mexico from the wages that you earn here. And that's that's been standard for generations. I mean, we've seen this for a long time. What I'm wondering about, though, Alex, if you don't mind my directing the conversation in a particular area, we know that there are a lot of military-age young men who are coming in f not from Latin America, but from the countries and other areas that I just alluded to. Where do you see them typically in society? I mean, do you see no. a lot of them in jobs? I know I've asked the question before, but there's a reason, and that is I think – the real question we should be asking, especially if they're coming from parts of the world like Iran, you know, they call us the great Satan, etc. Arabs and others who may or may not be affiliated with groups like Hamas. I mean, it could be that they intend to do harm and we need to know ahead of time lest they be successful. That to me is a really big part of this issue because I, I have no problem with the guys who want to feed their families, they're just here to get work, and they're fleeing the cartel violence. I mean, I, I can't imagine being in a situation like that myself. But a lot of these people aren't coming here for that reason, and we don't know why they're coming here, but I have a few guesses as to why they're coming here. Right. Is that being yeah, discussed on the street where you are? No, absolutely not. But that's an obvious security threat that um, when you have a sovereign country, you should, you should, uh, <laughs> you should regulate the borders and regulate who who's coming in and who's coming out because there's there's nothing stopping a uh, a terrorist from another country to pay eight thousand dollars to a cartel group to get them across the border mm -hmm. easily where they need to be. There's nothing stopping them. So it it's advantageous yeah. for the sovereignty of the southern state, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California, to 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 put up a border put up a border wall to stop these people. And to and to vet the ones that come through, and I think the solutions yeah. are one, a wall; two, benefits only going to United States citizens; and three, um, making it easier to vet the people that are coming through. But with but you can't you can't do that if you don't start with the wall. If you don't start with the with the sovereign border, and so you gotta mm -hmm. have a sovereign border, and and then you stop those things, and then the ter the person who has ill will who's trying to cross is trying to pay these parts cartel members and the cartel members are telling them, no, it's going to be twenty, thirty thousand dollars because it's so hard to get you across. But mm -hmm. it wouldn't take, it wouldn't be expensive for 
you know, an Iranian military, like the Quds Force, to send to send 300 men uh, with, you know, for less than $100,000 across the border through a cartel who's going to be well-armed, well-equipped, know the, the area well, not scared to kill anyone, including border agents. Um, yeah, not only not scared to do it, but ordered to do it and here to do it. That That would be a goal. And, of course, this is not pie in the sky. This is exactly the kind of things that the the ayatollahs in iran have boasted about we have you know they've said we have sleeper cells in your country we have people already there we have plans to deal with you and i think that they're speaking the truth even though they're evil wicked men i think they're speaking the truth so you're you're right i agree but i don't i don't think there's they do it for any kind of uh any kind of (laughs) <laughs> like like terroristic motives of course that that that's overwhelming that's looming but i think it's more of a, a profit thing like if you i don't know if you remember project gunrunner operation fast and furious where robert mueller fbi yeah. director and eric holder they just let guns walk and an yeah. arizona border patrol agent brian terry was murdered and they tried to uh, subpoena them and they got off by claiming some terrorist iranian mm-hmm. terrorists like that, that kind of stuff, I think, is more prevalent. It's just a profit margin. They're, they're just going to make a lot of money off guns and a lot of money off drugs. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I don't think that is the... It's certainly not the only reason. You're, you're a very thoughtful guy, Alex. I appreciate your comments. Thank you for that. So just to build on what Alex was saying, there are many different aspects of this problem, if you ask me, what Alex identified certainly as one of them. But things are changing, and the, the, the diversity of people coming into this country is changing. And, and we know, because we can see it, there are people coming in from parts of the world where we know that there is already a decided uh, enmity toward the United States of America. Remember October 7th and what Hamas did to the 1,200 innocent people who were slaughtered in uh, in just out over the border with Gaza. We know what happened there. And the Hamas leaders have said, we'll do this over and over and over and over and over again, as long as it takes so we can get rid of Israel. And they've also very much been on record saying that they will do that to anybody who's a friend of Israel. The United States tends to be a friend of Israel. So, I mean, you don't have to do complicated math to work out what scenarios could happen. And we pray that they don't. And just before we have to go uh, to a break, we'll take some more phone calls, 888-914-9149. Let's not lose sight of the Jesus factor here. Jesus said we are to welcome the stranger. And and we should do that, but how do we do that, especially in a world like, like we're in now, where you've got people who are strangers insofar as they're coming into this country, but they may have bad intentions. How do you prevent those things from happening. How do you do that? I don't have an answer for that. I think maybe the beginning of the answer is you secure your borders and you start, as Alex was saying a moment ago, you vet the people who come over. We have a whole system for that. We've got multiple points of entry. We've got systems. We've got people in place. We've got ways to do it. But now that's not being done because the razor wire that's trying to prevent people just from coming over willy-nilly is being removed by the federal government, which is why we're now in a situation where Governor Abbott of Texas is saying, well, 
we're invoking the Constitution that says if if a state is invaded, then it has the right, in essence, to ignore the federal things that might have applied otherwise, and the state has the right and the duty to defend its its citizens. That we're at that point now. So crazy times, if you ask me. Uh, let's go to Joseph in Chicago. Hello, Joseph. Good morning. Wonderful show. Thank you. I heard a uh, interview this morning with Councilman Josh Broom, Mick Broom from Naperville. Okay. All right. Uh, he he claims that his suggestion of a sign up sheet for people to take in migrants was done sarcastically, and he is. He claims that he's going to be on Fox News in the 10 o'clock hour okay. today to further explain himself. But he was very credible when I heard his interview this morning. Okay. So he said something. I didn't hear whatever it was that he said. A caller referred to it, but I never heard actually what the politician in question said. Um, so can you can you more or less paraphrase what it was he said that got all this going? Uh, um last Naperville City Council meeting, he suggested the staff produce a sign-up sheet so that people in the community could sign up to home to provide housing to immigrants. Naperville's received several buses since December, so yeah. it's an issue at their village board meetings. Mm-hmm. So maybe he, maybe he meant it seriously but with the backlash he's going to play it as well i wasn't serious it was just tongue-in-cheek or maybe he was just being tongue-in-cheek but i'm guessing that it's probably not going to go anywhere right people are not going to be signing up for that probably is that your impression as of yeah as of this morning when i heard him interviewed he said there have been no volunteers to house anyone Mm -hmm. and he was right he sounded very credible that it was meant to be tongue-in-cheek he, uh, he said his deadpan delivery was just too good for people I to see, see the sar- some people to see the sarcasm. I see. But, you know, well, we don't know. That's, that's what he's claiming now. Yeah, maybe at a time like this where tensions are high and people are really on edge, maybe this is not the right time for sarcasm that people can misunderstand, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Well, thanks for, for adding that bit of information, Joseph. I appreciate it. Uh, Cyrus, you mentioned an email that came in. Yeah, thanks, Joseph. And I have an email here from Lisa, and she says, to add to your conversation about asking re- residents to house the migrants, Massachusetts is out of control. Governor Healy has also asked this of residents. The migrants have been housed in many hotels to the point that the Army-Navy football game participants had to put up cots in the convention center because the hotels were full of migrants. Also, Logan... Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. So, I know you didn't write the email. Nope. I know she did, but yeah, I'm just does she mean that people who would otherwise have rented hotel rooms for the game couldn't because they were otherwise used for the immigrants who were there? Not only that, but huh. the people playing... The, the, oh, the team. The team had oh, to put up... they couldn't stay yeah, in the hotel. Right. They had to put up cots in the what? convention center because the hotels were full. Um, and not from people paying to see the game, but because they're housing. That reminds me of recent stories, if I can interrupt, of the uh, uh, baggage areas at Chicago O'Hare Airport downstairs where you get your baggage, like in the American Airlines terminal. I've spent a lot of my life in that room. It's massive. And from what I understand from the video news reporting, whole sections of it have been screened off now and are just filled with 
people who have been bussed into the area. That's right. They don't want you to. Take, they do not want you to look behind those tarps. And, and so and they have uh, passengers are and families are right on the other side of those tarps right. coming and going with their luggage. OK, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. Please. Yeah. So so apparently Chicago airport is uh, uh, is not the only what is Chicago uh, O'Hare isn't the only one. Yeah. Um, so this email, Lisa, goes on to say also Logan Airport is being overrun with them sleeping there, too. So living in these far left states has become impossible. And that's Lisa from Massachusetts. Thanks, Lisa. So we're seeing in places like California, and it's not necessarily directly connected to this issue, but there is a phenomenon of citizens fleeing the state. I mean, Nancy and I left California a long time ago, going on 27 years ago. So what was happening then is not what's happening now. But there are people leaving, I think it was 800,000, if I understand the statistic correctly, I think it was 800,000 citizens of California fled the state in just the last year or two. And California has lost at least one seat in the Congress as a result of the diminishing population. It's a losing population. And a lot of it has to do with these horrendous left-wing policies, the, the sprawling tent cities and unchecked drug abuse on the streets. Uh, it, it's just mind-boggling. And I come back to this question, Cyrus, and forgive me, were you finished with that lady's yes. email? Or, yep, that was okay. it. Okay, I didn't mean to trample all over that. We have to ask this question, why? Why are they doing that? Why are they allowing that? Why, and when I say they, I mean the people on the left in positions of power who seem for some reason to want this to happen. They want this to happen. Why? Now, I don't know the answer. I have a few suspicions about why, but that's a valid question that we should be asking. Now, in the meantime, hope and encouragement. You know, don't lose hope. Be a good citizen. Help other people. Love God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Seek to do good. Be generous. All those things, but at the same time, as Jesus says, to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We have to be prudent as much as we have to be generous and kind. I'll be right back. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash forester. In Illinois, life insurance company not available in all states. Compelling insights, unpredictable conversations, encouragement for your day. It's the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. All right, longer. Let's do it. You're a daisy if you do. I'm your huckleberry. In fact, you're probably seeing double. I don't think I'll let you arrest us today, Behan. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. <laughs> You're pulling out some <laughs> new ones. <laughs> we cross. Seems we may have to redefine the nature of our relationship. If I thought you were my friend, I just don't think I could bear it. In vino veritas. Fine, we win. I'll get you one of these days. Uh... I, I threw in a Billy Clanton line in there, too. That was good. And he's, he's talking to uh, Doc Holliday. 
And he says, you're probably seeing double. He says, well, I got two guns, one for the, each of you. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's see. 888-914-9149. How about uh, Tommy now in Chicago? Hi, Tommy. Hey, Pat. Having fun here on the Pat Madrid show. <laughs> well, we try. Back and forth. That, was, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> so thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to you know, kind of talk about what we've seen here in Chicago and then what I myself have seen. Mm -hmm. um, over in Mexico, right? So my wife is born and raised in Mexico. Uh, we go there a couple times a year, um, for the past, gosh, seven, eight years I've been going down there. Um, interestingly, when I first started going down, um, I heard from a lot of the people down there, you know, that they took offense to Trump's, uh, usage of the word invaders, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not nice. I mean, this shouldn't talk about us like that. So forth. Fast forward two years later when these gigantic caravans started going through Mexico, all of a sudden on the news and the locals start saying, we're being invaded. <laughs> what's up with hmm. these invaders all over the place here? And what's fascinating, yeah, it going to what you had said to, I think the caller was Alex, right, about Chinese, mm -hmm. Middle Eastern, um, African, so forth, you yeah. see them all over. Okay, my wife. Where? You see them Monterrey. all over where? In Mexico or where? In Mexico. Yes. Okay. You see them. My wife's from Monterrey, so about two hours south of the border. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a hub for people as they're making their way up there. They're everywhere. Okay, I mean, everywhere. And let's they're pause there for a minute. It's been, it's been years since I've been there, but um, what are they doing? Are they working jobs? Are they just milling around? I mean, is it even possible to tell what all these non Hispanic folk are doing? When you go over there, uh, I mean, look, you don't see them, uh, you don't see them working, right? Because it'd be it's pretty obvious, right? Mm -hmm. You'd see them, you'd notice them. I mean, it's pretty homogenous there in Monterrey, right? Mm -hmm. um, no, they're they're standing out in the streets, um, they're begging, um, or you see them walking. They're begging, hmm. okay. begging. Yeah, you see them begging. Now, granted, when they beg, they they do, you know, they juggle. You know, they do cool tricks better than what we get here in Chicago. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's all over the place. Now, here in Chicago, what I You've do, obviously never seen right? Cyrus juggle before, so. But that's another <laughs> right? story. So. Um, so here in Chicago, uh, one of the masses that I uh, that we go to, St. John Cantus, I'll take a, a shortcut to get there. You know, Chicago's on a grid, but there's one diagonal street that can get me there a little quicker. Okay. And I've been taking this, this route for for many years. One of the buildings they're putting these migrants up in um, is on that path in a hoity-toity neighborhood, luxury-looking building. Every day, any hour of the day, there are hundreds of them standing outside the building. Okay. Hundreds There's of, be, be more specific, Tommy. Hundreds of whom specifically are you uh, talking migrants. about? Migrants. Okay. Migrants. Right? How do you migrants. know they're migrants, though? How do you know they're not just like poor local folks? <clears throat> Um, we know because this is one of the buildings that the city has, uh, leased on their behalf. Um, and you know, it, it, okay. it it's very obvious. It's you seeing at this building, what you see at other places, the city has leased, you know, okay. the city of Chicago has leased around the city, right on their behalf. So it's um, publicly known that this is a governmental effort to house refugees from other countries. Correct. Okay. Fair enough. Correct. Okay. I've got correct. it. And, um, there are hundreds of people standing outside this building all hours of the day, right? Video, uh, I've, I've seen them selling drugs. It's become an open um, air drug market. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there are women, uh, scantily clad young women, uh, clearly prostituting themselves. I've seen this myself. I've seen video of it. Um, and this is, this is out in the open, right? In the middle of the day. Um, you know, so it's, and, and it, it's littered with, uh, with trash all over. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and this sounds very much like Southern California. L.A., San Bernardino, the Bay Area. It's just getting more and more like that. So I know you're leading up to something specific here, Tommy. What is it? Well, just I, I just wanted to kind of see what, you know, tell you what I've seen, right, from Mexico and Chicago. And um, also with what you said, we need to be compassionate, yes, but we can't be the most compassionate thing we can do is first to, you know, kind of protect our, our children and our neighbors and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then at some point we can go and help others, right? But we need to help ourselves first. Our society is obviously very sick. So thank you, Pat. Thank yeah. you for my call. God bless. Good points all, Tommy. I appreciate that. And uh, stay safe when you're walking to Mass, you know. Don't take any unnecessary chances. Thank you for that. 888-914-9149. Mary in Staples, Minnesota. You're on the air. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I just wanted to weigh way in on i'm currently reading 33 days to morning glory okay and um a consecration to mary and um today's reading was on mother Teresa when she had her vision uh with our mother mary and jesus at the cross and he was showing her the poor and you know this is what he was wanting her to do and it makes me think of these people coming across the border and I'm I'm way up north, so I'm not in the midst of all this is going on down in these other states. But how us as Christians can fulfill that that call that Jesus is calling us to do when we're sort of afraid of these people? I I just was sort of wanting your comments on that. Well, yeah, it's it's a tangled mess. If you ask me, if I'll put it this way, Mary, if we stuck to our duly constitutionally uh, mandated as well as congressionally enacted laws to regulate entrance into this country, to regulate our borders. We have the means to do it. We've got the facilities. We've got the manpower. We just won't do it for some reason. And I think it's politically motivated. I don't think that that kind of fear would be anywhere near the level that it might be now if we knew who was coming into the country. We could be very liberal and magnanimous and and fling open the doors, uh, but but we have to be able to know who's coming in here. And I know that you remember 9-11 and all that. Who doesn't remember that? The terrorists from Saudi Arabia, there were 11 of them. The 12th one wound up not getting on the plane that day. I forget why now. But 11 of them made it onto the planes, and they had been living here in the United States just like everyone else, renting apartments and shopping at the grocery store and taking flying lessons, of all things, at little regional um, pilot training airports. And they lived among us, but they were planning to kill us. And so that's an example, to your point, about why, especially given this vast number of of military-age young men coming into this country from places in the Middle East, Africa, I mean, all over the place, not just Latin America, but these other places as well, That seems a bit curious, Russians and others, lots and lots of Chinese young men coming in. And the question results now is like, why are they here and where are they going and what are they doing? 
we can we can talk anecdotally about are they getting jobs are they working at McDonald's are they are they driving buses and, and it doesn't seem as though they are but again that's purely anecdotal so it raises the level of nervousness especially since it's already been done before on 9/11 by that small group look what what look look what sorry look what those 11 guys from Saudi Arabia were able to accomplish Saudi Arabia look at what they were able to accomplish and it was just 11 of them not counting all the people in the background who were helping them now we're talking about tens of thousands hundreds of thousands potentially of the same kind of mysterious guys who are coming in here and we don't know where, we don't know who they are or why they're here. I think that's why there is a heightened level of, I don't know if I'd say paranoia, but fear and concern. And yeah. and I, although I don't want it to be that way, I can understand why people are trying to put two and two together and saying, well, do I really want those guys hanging around in my neighborhood? Because I don't know what they're here to do or what they're what they're planning. Maybe nothing, but maybe something. Yeah, but on the on, in the sorry to interrupt, but in the uh, same way, um, she, those are still children of God. You know, you know, if someone comes up into my small town here and comes over to the church that I work at, and I find them in the sanctuary and cause it has happened a couple of times with the homeless people. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I try to look at those people and not be afraid because I know that Jesus still loves them. And, and I ask him just to, I guess, protect me. If, if he's, if those are his children, just, I guess, protect me. That's what I'm sort of saying in my own head. Mm -hmm. And so you know, I since I don't live in those states that are being overwhelmed with all these immigrants, it's hard for me to know what I would do if I walked into my church today and I have five young men or five families of these immigrants in the church that I work at. And mm -hmm. um, how? Well, let let me offer you, and I hear what you're saying, Mary, and I admire you because you you're seeking to put. Jesus's command first, and we always should strive to do that. Let me just remind you of a name, Jacques Amel. Does that name ring a bell, Jacques Amel, H-A-M-E-L? Um, no, no, it doesn't. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about him before I have to take a break. He was a Catholic priest in France who was celebrating Mass for his little congregation at a Catholic church in France, and two immigrants who happened to be members of ISIS attacked him and beheaded him in the sanctuary while he was celebrating Mass. And, and these kinds of things happen with far more regularity than you might imagine. And, and I can't help but think this is part of the reason some people are very nervous. Thank you, Mary.